The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. Um, I'm the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, you can do so at sonsoflibertymedia.com. That's right, you can see the faces made for radio. Just scroll down there, and it's right there on the right. We're going live on sonsoflibertymedia.com. We're also going out live on my Twitter account at FPPTim, which is also tied with my Periscope account, Setting Brush Fires. We're live on Facebook at Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B. Dean uh, Sons of Liberty. Also, that's being mirrored over on the Setting Brush Fires YouTube. Beforeitsnews.com and then DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. And then you can catch us on Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media for all of our uh, media outlet posts. Uh, those go on there as well. If you'd like to call in any time, <clears throat> um, we already have some dissenters in the chat room, and that's good. That's good. I'm glad that uh, that you've joined us, Ray. We appreciate you very much. Uh, I'm going to show you that's not the case of what you're saying right there in just a moment, but uh, if you'll stick with me, I'm I'm happy to give you the evidence of that. Um, and speaking of, <clears throat> before we get into what we're going to talk about, something of a serious note here. One, you guys know when we do Rotten to the Core Wednesday, we let you know about Lynn. Um, and her daughter having the surgery a couple of weeks ago, um, she they think she probably has a little bit of an infection from where they did the surgery. We asked you to pray for her. I got called last night about 9.30 or 9.45. Those of you who remember Victor Portier, um, who used to come on every Tuesday, and they've been busy trying to get out of uh, commie New York up there uh, to sell their house, and they've been just exhausting themselves getting everything ready. Um, his very dear wife, Lois, had a heart attack last night. They have her in the hospital. They won't even let Victor be there. And so uh, before we begin this morning, uh, this is something I usually don't do, but let's take a moment here, and I'm going to ask all of you, you know, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe in the Word of God, let's join together and ask our Heavenly Father if He will intervene, if it is His will, uh, on Lois's behalf. Okay, Father, Lord, we thank you that you're our God, that you are the true and living God, that you are the God who heals, 
and you heal all our diseases. And Father, we trust in you to do so. We bring Lois before you and we ask, God, that you would show yourself strong and mighty through her. You've shown it through her life. Lord, we, we know that even now what is going on with her is a part of your will. And Father, we ask that you, in the name of Jesus, for your glory would raise her up, that you would give her body strength, and that you would do something, Lord, that even amazes doctors and nurses in the place where she's at. Please be with Victor. Strengthen him as well. Give him courage and give him the ability, Lord, to show forth your glory as well as he stands by her side. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, um, thank you for joining me with that. Uh, I really appreciate that, and I know Victor and Lois will appreciate it as well. Now, I've titled this, When Unconstitutional... This went out the wrong way, didn't it? Ah, for whatever reason, this did not uh, take. And um, we have the wrong thing in here. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Uh, This is what happens when you send out the stream and something didn't uh, update for whatever reason. I'm going to have to correct that, okay? So you guys who are in there, um, this is not the title. (laughs) When the constitutional bills are out of the house. That is not the title. Boy, I'm in big trouble because I'm going to have to go back and change a lot of this stuff after the show because I can't do it during the show. The actual deal that we're going to talk about today is Donald Trump promised elimination of the national debt and he's helped put us nearly $8 trillion more in debt. Okay? Now, the reason that I'm taking this on is because of an op-ed piece piece by my former governor and traitor, I would say, uh, after what she did with uh, the whole Confederate flag issue and some of her other, you know, letting certain things go that should have been forced, including uh, sodomite marriage down there in Charleston, um, Nikki Haley. Nikki sent out a tweet uh, about the issue of the debt. And I'll show you what that tweet is. She wrote, or she posted, We can either get the debt under control or we can let the debt control us. Everyone who wants America to be the leader of the free world and an economic superpower should demand better. Nikki Haley. And you can see my response to her. Then tell Trump to quit signing unconstitutional stimulus bills and get the spending under control like he promised. Remember, that was a promise he had. I'm going to show you his promise in a minute. Otherwise, you are just the mouthpiece those of us in SC said you were for the same status quo masquerading as though you are a solution. Now, Nikki Haley wrote this over at medium.com. I'm going to read some of that to you this morning, and then I'm going to address it from the constitutional and biblical standpoint. Okay. Now, before I do that, you know, our friend Pamela Geller, you know, bless her heart, she stands up for some good things and she stands up for some bad things too. Okay. Um, exposing Islam and jihad, very good. Not so good when it comes to the sodomite agenda. Uh, not so good when defending everything practically that Trump does. Now, she's called him out on Syria and some things like that, which has been great. But here, listen to what she says. This is how she starts it off when she carries Nikki Haley's. Um, piece here. She says, Joe Biden will certainly take no action to reduce Americans' staggering debt, as though Trump really has. Okay? He has it. Since Joe Biden is running on spending massively. In fact, while in power, Obama and Biden accumulated more debt 
for the United States than all of the previous administrations combined. Furthermore, Obama and Biden could only achieve negligible growth in their eight years in power, despite the massive spending. Reducing America's debt must be a priority for President Trump in his second term. It was supposed to be a priority in the first ter- in the first term. Remember, he said he was going to eliminate all that stuff that he was going to spend on. Do you guys remember that, that promise? He's going to cut the fat. But that's not what he that's not what he's done. OK. Uh, Brandon, he's the one who put the guidelines in place. I mean. He put the guidelines in place for all of the guys to implement them. Yeah, David, I'm I'm still waiting on him. We had a week where he was going to come up. Uh, David's asking about G. Edward Griffin. He was supposed to come up, and for whatever reason, I didn't hear from him, but there was a week there he was supposed to do it. Someone had to get back in touch with his, his people. So it must be a priority, and President Trump is the only one who can make this happen. Really? He's the only one that can make it happen. Trump will have to go to the American people and sell a debt reduction program since reducing government spending will be a non-starter for Democrats. Well, I thought that's what he did for the first for the first deal. I thought that's what he promised the first time. Oh, that's exactly right. It is what he promised the first time. Let me show you. This is when it was candidate Trump. Okay? This is from April 2016. Bob Woodward Okay, had an interview with Donald Trump. And according to him, Donald Trump said in an interview that economic conditions are so perilous that the country is headed for a very massive recession and that, quote, it's a terrible time right now to invest in the stock stock market. Embracing a distinctly gloomy view of the economy that counters mainstream economic forecasts. And I'm going to tell you, Victor and I have been trying to put out um the the fact that the economy they twist the numbers it doesn't matter what the administration is in whether it is a democrat one or whether it's a republican one they twist the numbers on unemployment they twist the numbers on the the spending the gdp all of the, they twist the numbers for their favor that's what they do all of them do it every one of them does it the stock market is not a reflection of how things are on Main Street. It is not. It really isn't. And we've got at least two shows, and now with Lois uh, having the health problems as well, them trying to get out of New York, it's kind of pushed that back. He, he just doesn't have the time. Here's what he went on to say. This, again, from the Washington Post and, and Bob Woodward. I know the Wall Street people probably better than anybody knows them, said Trump who has misfired on such predictions in the past. I don't need them. Uh But that's where he points to for all his success, isn't it? Wall Street. Look at, listen to what he says. I did that. I, the president doesn't do anything. He doesn't create jobs. He doesn't make the economy run. I know we put that on him, but he doesn't. He's one guy. He's to enforce the law. There's nothing in his job description about economy. He's to enforce the law, Article 2, Section 3. And that goes for Obama and Clinton and Bush. Look, this goes across the board, okay? Plain and simple. This is it. So he goes on and um, 
He says he's going to renegotiate trade deals and renegotiate military deals, and he's done that, and he's gave us USMCA, which is a sellout of our sovereignty. Um, you're going to get less than 200,000 jobs out of that. It's going to create a section of global government here on the North American continent. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And so you can read this piece, and you can see he was already a little more than $19 trillion in debt. Okay, He, he insisted he would be able to get rid of the nation's more than $19 trillion national debt over a period of eight years. That's what Donald Trump said. Okay? Most economists would consider this impossible because it could require taking more than $2 trillion a year out of the annual $4 trillion budget to pay off holders of the debt. But Trump disagreed. Now, again, this is before he became president. Okay? All right. Trump disagreed. I'm renegotiating all of our deals, the big trade deals that we're doing so badly on, with China, $505 billion this year in trade. He said that economic growth he foresees as a consequence of renegotiated deals would enable the United States to pay down the debt. Although many economists have said the exact opposite, that a trade war would be crippling to the U.S. economy, and it was. It was. Uh, Jerry, I didn't blame him. I'm holding him to his word. And you know, what, you know what his actions show you, Jerry? Do you know what his fruits show you, Steve? His fruits show you he put more in debt than that. When he took office, it was a little more than $19 trillion. Let me show you what it is currently. $26.6 trillion. We're headed upwards of $8 trillion more under the Trump administration in three and a half years That's almost what Obama put in in eight. Okay? Facts are stubborn things, aren't they, guys? Who's the dumb donkey now? Huh? Who's the dumb donkey now? The people who are feeding and and eating the lies that you're being told. Now, there's something else that needs to be said here. This man, and I'm going to, you know, I'm probably going to remind people of this. This is a man who went out. Do you guys remember in the book of Acts, there was Herod and he went out and he spoke and he was dressed in all this shiny clothing and the people said, not the voice of a man, but the voice of a God. And he didn't tell them, no, 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 look, I'm just a guy. I'm just a man. You might like my speech and everything, but I'm just a man. He didn't stop them from that. He let them continue on it. Uh, No, George, I'm going to show you that President Trump is complicit in it as well. Okay, I'm just going to show you that in just a moment. Just hang on. But you remember there, I know it's crazy, Eric. You can't even follow the numbers, uh, how fast they change. Let me show you. What Trump has said. Now, you remember the video. I forgot to pull that part up. You remember the video where he said, I'm the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. The chosen one. He might as well just said, I'm the Messiah. I'm the anointed one. I mean, that's what he might as well said. 
Look at what he tweeted out. Now, this came <clears throat> August 21st, 2019. Okay? 2019. Thank you to Wayne Allen Root for the very nice words. Quote, President Trump is the greatest president for Jews and for Israel in the history of the world, not just America. He's the best president for Israel in the history of the world. And the Jewish people in Israel love him. Yeah, there were some Jews in, old, in, in the New Testament who kind of thought that way about Caesar when they were presented with the real Messiah and they said, we'll have no king but Caesar. So Trump retweets it out. And here's what Root continued. And Trump does not correct him. He says, like he's the king of Israel. They love him like he is the second coming of God. But American Jews don't know him or like him. They don't even know what they're doing or saying anymore. It makes no sense, but that's okay if he keeps doing what he's doing He's good for all Jews, blacks, gays, everyone. And importantly, he's good for everyone in America who wants a job. And Trump doesn't go, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> not second coming to God, not the king of Israel. He just goes, wow. Uh-huh. And he got the smackdown, too, from some discerning Christians. The Trump presidency was not God's plan. If anything, he was God's test and evangelical Christians failed. Amen. Amen. That's exactly what happened. Evangelical Christians got snookered. They got snookered. Okay, I'll have that tweet up. Those of you saying this is not true and it's fake news, I'll have his tweet. You can go check it. It's still live on his feed. Okay? That's what he put out. Let me give you a little bit of this from Nikki Haley. And then what I want to do is I want to go over to the Bible and I want to go over to the Constitution and put this in. Okay? <clears throat> uh yeah, Lynn, this is part of the I mean, this is part of the problem. Is you want to leave God out of this as though he has nothing to say about money, and I'm fixing to show you that he has a lot to say about it. Here's what Nikki Haley wrote. Her piece is at medium.com. We'll have a link to this later if you want to read the whole thing. It's called a, na- a day the day of reckoning is coming is coming with the national debt. She said, I'm often asked about America's biggest challenges. On the world stage, communist China tops the list. Closer to home, the coronavirus pandemic, the hoax that it is, is the most urgent issue. It's not an urgent issue. It's a piece of propaganda. My goodness. But there's also a massive fiscal challenge that we face. Yeah, we face it about every year. A crisis we've overlooked for a long time. We haven't, we haven't overlooked at it. We've looked at it and said we don't want to deal with it. It's called kicking the can down the road. And that's gotten far worse in recent months. It's the federal government's spending addiction. Now, she did hit that right. The national debt is closing in on $27 trillion. As it skyrockets, it hurts our country's ability to deal with all the other challenges we face. Not to mention it devalues your dollar because they're printing it with phony monopoly money. And the more of that you have out, the less your dollar's worth. It's kind of like some of you wonder how. No, you know what, Thomas? Get a clue, dude. Get a clue. 
You can call in too, by the way. If you can correct me, you're more than welcome to call in. The number's 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. You guys talk a tough game. Call in. I'll let you talk to me. I'm not like Mark Levin and cut you off. Unless you're going to try to talk over me, I'll give you your time, You and then I'll respond to you. Call in. We got 35 minutes here. I'll give you time to make your point. But man up and call in. Okay? Give me your give me your response. The higher the debt, the harder it is to build a booming economy that creates more jobs and higher paychecks for working families. The higher the debt, the harder it is to stand up to America's adversaries. From China to Russia to North Korea to Iran. The higher the debt, the harder it is to fulfill our promises and pursue our dreams. She means to pay um, welfare and stuff is what she really means here. All right? Every American should be seriously worried about the United States is spending far more than we can afford if the federal government doesn't stop the spending spree. America will soon find itself poorer, weaker, and smaller in every way. All right. We got a caller calling in. Um, says Quay Conrad or Conrad Quay. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, and yeah, this is my this is my stepdad's phone. Um, okay. My name is Stephen. Okay, Stephen. Uh, Good to have you. Um, all right. So I've been watching your show, man, uh, for like the past three weeks. I've kind of like just hopped on board with um, all the current affairs that's been going on. It's kind of hard for anybody to not uh, be tied to politics nowadays, but um. I was just trying to get your take on um, with the, the debt. I've learned a, a different perspectives. I've seen that your show has a different perspective versus a few other shows that I watch on YouTube. Um, like uh, Charlie Ward is another person. Um, I've seen, um, I've watched uh, Pimpy Investments. I've seen different people with different perspectives on the, the economy when it comes to the sergeants or and whatnot. I'm just trying to get your take on um, um on where do you see that going with Trump? I see that the debt has went, has gone up, uh, like you just showed. But um, I've also seen things where the gold standard has went up, and I've heard of uh, people in different shows with their testimony saying that, you know, debt has start started to be wiped away mysteriously um, from their accounts when it comes to mortgages, credit card bills, things of that nature, um, and it. It, I'm I'm in I'm on the fence. I just don't know what to really. I, I don't want to put my car my eggs in one basket, but I, I'm really curious to get your perspective on. Do you see the economy getting better? I get that uh, Trump all of his all of his promises have been um, kind of helter skelter, but um, do you see um, that it would be going in a positive direction? Because I've had I've seen news that looks promising, even though when I look on mainstream media and I and I look at some of the other statistics, it doesn't. Yeah, I, you know, as far as the Nasera Jasera thing, I looked into some of that. I can't find any evidence of any of that stuff. I've seen people talk about, uh, I've seen them make comments, oh, you know, my mortgage is wiped out, and then they say, oh, the next day it was right back, um, and stuff like that. I see okay. no evidence that that's actually taking place. Now, the people that I, that I saw that on were in other countries. They weren't in the United States. So I, I have True. seen that kind of talk. Uh, I've heard... You know, people talk about NACERA and people who don't know what that is. Um, I forget the, the acronym it stands for, but you can look it up, N-E-S-A-R-A. And they say, oh, this yeah, is National to be- Economic, uh, I think it's National Economic uh, Stability or Security. Um, 
I don't know. I forgot. Yeah, I've forgotten too. I, and I, I forget a lot of stuff. I forget a lot more than I take in here. Um, but those things were supposed to be put into law uh, on September 11th. And the whole idea was, quote unquote, deep state flies planes in the building to keep it from going. On. I see no evidence that it was set up to be done, to be done in Congress. I see people saying it. I see no evidence that that's the case. I haven't seen any documentation that actually shows that. Right. Um, so right. Uh, what about, when it comes to the, I think there well, has been on the news about the uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, when it comes to the economy and I'm going to address some of this in a minute, when we had, uh, for instance, when we had Ron Paul run in 2012, he showed you what the spending would be. And his budget was his and Gary Johnson. OK, which I wouldn't side with Gary Johnson either. I wouldn't put I wouldn't elect to put him in office for his for some of his weird views on abortion and other things like that. But those were the only two guys who actually put forth a budget that actually reduced the national debt. They were the only ones who did it. And that came by reducing spending down to constitutional spending, which I'm going to touch on a little bit today. Um, so okay. I, do I see the economy going in the right road? No, because here's, here's the problem. It's built all on debt. It's all built right. on debt. Right. Now, you can, you can spend money to make money. We understand that kind of thing. But you don't keep going into debt. You you go into debt, you make money, you pay off that debt, you may get another debt in order to facilitate something else, but you're not just constantly going into debt. That's not nobody can live right. like that. And a country can't survive well, like another, that either. Here's another theory that I'm hearing with that. And um I love your show, man. Uh I just subscribed to it too like a couple weeks ago. Um and I like I say, I'm on the fence, but I'm just trying to get all these different perspectives so I can come to my own conclusion. Sure. Um, the theory is that when you say that we're going into debt, I've seen, you know, the things I've seen this uh, Q, yep. you know, things with QAnon and, and uh, the original Q post. They're saying that, like, when it comes to the mass public, the reason why is that a lot of people aren't willing to, like, with the cognitive dissonance, jump on board, so to speak, with um, everything that's unfolding, like when it comes to all these things, because it's a lot of things that supposedly Trump's doing with uh, human trafficking, and he's hitting a lot of different areas and tackling them all at once, which is a heavy load. And this is a theory. This is just my theory. Um, and that when it comes to the debt, like for, for an average person like me or people who've lost jobs when it comes to these stimulus checks, and we won't change, like I do, um, that that it wouldn't unfold just automatically, but it has to play out kind of like a show. And that, um, like, it's just little pieces. Of, and, and when it comes to the uh, the combat with the, the mainstream media, if it goes against that narrative, according to the theory, that it's, it's not going to be shown to the public. Like, you know, a person like me or my mom or my family, they're not going to see it on, like, CNN, NBC, or, you know, any of these mainstream news. Um, media outlets but like if you search and dig through uh on the net for some of this information it's out there but it's just it looks disconnected in ways like i've seen the news where they said they flew over like 500 you know like um i forgot they it was like 500 planes that flew from the vatican supposedly with money documents and uh also gold and uh also with the gold standard uh hitting over 2000 uh, 2000 i think it was a couple of days ago it's just like little pieces of nuggets of information that, that says that it might be true. 
Well, the, but, let, know, me, let, me put, <clears throat> let me put it to you this way, Stephen, because um, I, want, I want to get on to what I'm doing, and I do appreciate your call very much um, and interacting. But uh, here's the thing. When I see stuff like that, I go, okay, we have a huge with – with the technology that we have and these little guys right here, these cell phones and things, we have a huge right. citizen journal. You can't sneeze and somebody not catch it on video. You're telling me 500 planes or whatever comes out of the Vatican and all this go. You're telling me nobody got any footage, but they're putting it out as though it's true. It's kind of like reading these guys that say, oh, they took Obama down to Gitmo and he's already been executed. And so is John Kerry and so is Hillary. And these are doubles that are out yeah. here. I just don't be I don't buy yeah. it. Now, that doesn't mean look, right. the, the mainstream media does put out some truth. But just like their daddy, the devil, they mix it with with error. They put they put the poison in there with it. And the same thing is true with some of these right. people. They say they want to get their YouTube views up. So they put out these ridiculous claims in. I mean, you know, if it's their opinion, they're kind of drawing dots together and stuff. I've seen some guys do that after some serious research that they've done. Um, and, and I can respect their opinion, but I can't respect guys who just, when they put that kind of stuff out and they have no evidence for, oh, so-and-so told me, okay, well, why should I trust you? Because I have no evidence to look at from that. Now, what I show you, what I try to do is show you some things. Now I may give you my opinion of where I think it's going or how it's doing or this, that, and the other. And that's going to be totally my opinion. But the facts that I show you about the debt, about what the constitution says, about what the Bible says, and this kind of thing. Those are unrefutable. I don't. I didn't write them. I didn't put those things in right. there. They're there. Uh, with that said, I don't think the economy is going. To, I don't even think it was when he was promoting it as the greatest economy in history, because the numbers are still manipulated. It's still based off the stock market, and it's not really based off of Main Street America. Just because everybody has a job doesn't mean that means the economy's good. It means it can be good. But if you do the numbers, and we pulled up a lot of uh, things, Victor and I have. A lot of charts. There were areas. I mean, sadly, sad to say that the economy was actually better in some areas under Obama. Believe it or not, I was surprised myself. And we'll be showing you those as soon as uh, Victor gets things in order there uh, to deal with. But um, let me let me let you go. I appreciate your call though, and uh, have okay. a good day, man. No, thank and, you for uh, your time. I, I... Thank you. All right. You too, man. Take care, Stephen. All right. There goes Stephen. Um, and I appreciate the call. I really do. Um, we appreciate this uh, subscription as well. Uh, and see, I'll treat you guys uh, that you're opposed to me. I'll treat you the same way I did with Stephen. If you want to call in, right? You're, you're welcome to do so. You really are. I, I love hearing from the people who watch the show. Here's what Nikki Haley was continuing on. She said, every American should be seriously worried that the United States is spending far more than we can afford. If the federal government doesn't stop the spending spree, America will soon find itself poorer, weaker, and smaller in every way. The coronavirus pandemic, the hoax that it is, has brought this crisis back up. And I'll remind you folks, look, the governor's doing what they're doing and the mayor's doing what they're doing in oppression to you came as a result of the guidelines that were laid down by the White House. The White House didn't impose them, but these guys took it because Donald Trump said, oh, it's a national emergency. And that's when the states followed right with him. National emergency. Get those federal dollars. And you guys have heard it from uh, Nurse Erin up there who was in New York, who was from Florida, that said she was going to come on the show. I haven't heard back from her yet. Um, you heard from her. They put people on ventilators who didn't need to be on ventilators because they got like 38 grand more. If they put them in a certain unit, they got ten dollars or $15,000 more. And it was killing the people. 
It's all about money. It's all about money. Jesus said you'll either serve God or you'll serve what? What's that? Money. One or the other. Here's what she continues to go on with. At the start of this year, the federal government was already on track to spend at least a trillion dollars more than it took in. That's called deficit spending. Now after multiple, and Obama was doing that. He was spending over a million, he was signing off spending for con, that Congress had, a, had pushed through. He was signing it off to the tune of the same kind of amounts. Over a trillion dollars a year in, in deficit spending. It, almost every year he was in office, except for one, I think, he was doing that. He may have done it all eight, but I, I'm, I'm thinking it was, there was one year where he didn't have it. At the start of this year, um, they were doing that. Now, after multiple rounds of pandemic relief, we've added more than $3 trillion. That's not even the issue. This thing goes up $6.2 trillion, plus the $1.5 trillion, in case anybody forgot that, that happened the month before, that went to where? Wall Street. And by the way, a lot of that stimulus went to big businesses, big banks. I'm going to get to some of that quickly, too. Just to show you, that the banksters are the ones behind what's going on. Okay? Another couple trillion could come before this year is out. Yep, because they're looking for spending in that. There's part of your socialism, folks, but we're not a socialist country, Donald Trump tells us. We've been a socialist country for a long, long time. Another couple trillion could come before the year is out. America's on track to blow past the debt peak we set in World War II. Of course, the crisis existed well before the coronavirus pandemic. Well, I'm glad she acknowledged that because it did. It did exist before then. And the problem is there have been promises made that have not been kept. These are constitutional promises. Folks, when we elect somebody to take political office... We are not electing them to engage in politics. We are electing them to uphold the law. The Constitution is, as our forefathers said, they, it, is a, it is a chain that binds the government, those who represent the people. Not the people, but those who represent them as the government of the people. They're chains against them. Congress shall make no law, da 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 da, da. The rights of the people to keep in arms shall not be infringed. By who? Well, by Congress, by the president, by a court. You're not to allow them to uh, house troops in your house. That is a restriction upon the, the representative government that we have. And has it been upheld? No. So what's, what's, some, of the, what's some of the solutions? Well... We've got these guys with this balanced budget amendment. You guys have seen that? A lot of you say, oh, that's great. It's a balanced budget amendment. It, yeah, except for the fact that the balanced budget amendment has all kinds of flaws. Now, I wrote this back in 2017. But what the guys in the balanced budget amendment uh, who are pushing that stuff, what they want you to think is, well, we can set this and we, we want an Article 5 convention, a con-con. It is a constitutional convention. Don't let anybody tell you different. That's exactly what it is. In fact, the guy's selling it to you. 
You guys are familiar with Mark Meckler. He's the guy heading up Convention of States. The reason he doesn't call it what he used to call it is because people called him on it. You got, I did an article years ago. In 2011, Mark Meckler was teaching this, this, this Article 5, what he calls Convention of States now, and do you know what his website was? ConConCon.org. It was a constitutional convention, and they called it so. Now it's been taken down, but it's still archived. You can still find it on the Wayback Machine. And I wrote it back about it over at Freedom Outpost when I was there. You can probably still read it if they haven't dumped it off of there. And I don't think they have dumped off my stuff. But they do this, and they think, well, this worked in the States. Well, did it? <laughs> I don't think it did. And so there was um, there was legislation that was put out. It was um, Resolution 73 in the House. It was a congressional res- resolution needed to activate the compact for a balanced budget. Now, let me ask you something. If you're familiar with it, now this comes out of, uh, sadly, the Cato Institute and... Nick Dranius of Compact for America Educational Foundation, formerly of the Goldwater Institute. And I, look, I carried Nick Dranius' stuff. He and I had back and forths. Uh, I think we talked once on the phone and uh, had some emails back and forth. I even carried his article in rebuttal of Publius Holda when she was going after the balanced budget issue. Balanced budget sounds good, doesn't it? It's kind of like legislation that sounds good. We, Lynn and I point that out to you guys. And then what does it do in the end? Well, it cripples you. It undermines what it actually says it's going to do. Okay? So, there was this guy, uh, the chair, Mead Treadwell, and he sent an email. I'll have this link up so you guys can read it on the balanced budget. And he was talking about pushing uh, this uh, Resolution 73 for this balanced budget. And I responded to him. And this BBA will just continue the same old with open-ended ties to states wanting federal money while hypocritically calling for a balanced budget instead of limiting spending to the constitutional requirements. This is the skirt you people are hiding behind. Enforce the Constitution instead of writing more words these people would just trample on or dissolve D.C. altogether. Let's go back to the Articles of Confederation and simply govern our own sovereign states and eliminate D.C. spending totally so we don't have to deal with it anymore. These people don't want to do that. They want to keep you on the hook for whatever their solution is, which is no solution at all. You see, if you want to cut spending, what you do is if you're the president and you get a spending bill, yeah, you may not have line item veto. I get it. But here's what you do have. You do have a veto. And when you see unconstitutional things within bills, you are to say, nope, this is unconstitutional. Veto it. Send it back. And if they want to override you, then you go to the people and you say, here's what the Constitution says. Here's what it means. Here's how these jokers are are breaking the law. Here's how they're breaking the law. Because what's the president's job? What's that again? Article 2, Section 3. What's his job? Oh, his job is to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. How many people think like that? Oh, no, no, we'll just write more words for the tyrants to trample over. They're already trampling over these. We'll just write more words and they can trample over those. This is what's going on. 
Now, I wrote an article several years ago on the issue of constitutional money. I'm going to hit this, and then we're going to um, go into the Scripture, and then I, I want to finish out with one thing so that I can show you what Stephen was talking about, about you know Q, and they're, they're wanting to throw over the cabal and uh, get us on the gold standard. That would be great. And by the way, Steve, let me let me let you know something else too. You know, we're t- watching gold and silver both go up. Um, I don't know exactly where silver was, but I do remember they were saying that gold was going to be pushing two grand or so by the end of the year or something like that. We had that back in, I don't know, 2012, 2013. Gold had shot up, and then they manipulated the markets to bring gold back down. They didn't want it going anywhere. They didn't want it going up anymore. By the way, this is the reason for why Bitcoin and things like that went so well. Is because there was a limited number. You couldn't go print more Bitcoins. You couldn't go make more Bitcoins. Once that time and energy and electricity and computing power had been used up to mine these Bitcoins, and all of the Bitcoins are found, they hold a certain value to people because you can't get any more. And I realize they're only a digital currency. I get it. But the fact of the matter is that's why people saw them as valuable. You couldn't counterfeit them. You couldn't print more. You couldn't print them at will. They were limited. Okay? Here's what our Constitution says about our money. Article 1, Section 10. No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark or reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts, pass any bill of attainder, ex post facto law, uh, hello Trump administration on your bump stock ban, or law impairing the obligation of contracts or grant any title of nobility. And that's what our Constitution says. Now, what, do we do? what is America to be paying her debts in? Gold and silver coin, period. doesn't say paper monopoly money IOU stuff. That's not what it says. That is not what it says. And I'll have a link to this so you can go through it. So that you can see what is there. And who coins the money? Well, this goes back to the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5. It is Congress's responsibility to do this. To coin money to regulate the value thereof and a foreign coin and fix the standard of weights and measures. Now, here's where we're going to go here. Fix the standard of weights and measures. How many of you guys remember when Jesus made that cord? Hmm? And he went into the temple. He wasn't gentle, lowly Jesus. He was the ticked-off son of God who drove out the who? The money changers. The money changers, that's who he drove out. Now, it's interesting. You can go to Matthew 21. This is the second time he comes in. If you remember, he comes to the temple first and he does it, and then he comes and he does it again right before his death. Okay? So here's the second time that he comes in. I'm going to point you back into Scripture a little bit. This is from Matthew 21, verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple courts. This is also can be found in Mark 11, 15 to 19, Luke 19, 45 through 48, and John 2, 12 through 25. 
Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those selling doves. And he declared to them, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. And you see, he changed it from that to the other. It wasn't, look, and if you go over here to John chapter 2, this is the first time he comes in uh, where he where he actually makes the cord and things. One of the interesting things is, is, you know, some churches have a no selling policy. I don't think that's what he's getting at. These people were cheating the people in their exchange of money. They were coming from all over, and they were saying, okay, we're going to kind of cheat you by, if you need money exchange so that you can buy the sacrifice, we're going to knock off a little bit for ourselves so we can make money. Kind of like the publicans were doing. They would go with the Roman tax, and then they would stick on a little additional fee there for themselves. And that's what these guys were doing, and they were using the temple of God to do it. And what's wrong with that? They're just making a little bit for themselves, Tim. You can't, you can't have a problem with that. Well, again, what does our Constitution says? It says, it talks about an issue of setting just weights and measurements, right? What does the Bible say about that? Is that important to God? Yep, it is. Proverbs 11.1. 1, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Proverbs 20, verse 23. Diverse weights are an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. These, you know, and God is very clear, because in essence, it becomes theft. Proverbs 16, 11 says, A just balance and scales belong to the Lord. All the weights of the bag are His concern. All throughout Scripture we see this, where God has, uh, where he deals with the issue of just weights and measurements. Hosea 12, 6-7, Therefore return to your God, observe kindness and justice, and wait for your God continually. A merchant in whose hands are false balances, he loves to oppress. Hear that? You think you're free, but you've got just weight, un, uh, unjust weights and measurements going on in our, our land God's oppressing us because of it. It's not a blessing. It's a curse. Okay? And there's, there's plenty more. Uh, I can cite several uh, passages here. Micah 6, verses 10 through 13 says, Is there yet a man in the wicked house, along with treasures of wickedness, and a short measure that is cursed? Can I justify wicked scales and a bag with, of deceptive weights? For the rich men of the city are full of violence. Her residents speak lies, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. That's there. Now, when we go and we look at Jesus cleaning the house, the temple, as it were, he says, this is my father's house. You've made it a den of thieves. Remember that? Well, that comes right back out of what we see in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 14, here's what we read. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When you enter the land of Canaan, which I am giving you as your possession, and I put a, a contamination of mildew into a house in that land, the owner of the house shall come and tell the priest, Something like mildew has appeared in my house. 
The priest must order that the house be cleaned or cleared before he enters it to examine the mildew, so that nothing in the house will become unclean. After this, the priest shall go in to inspect the house. He is to examine the house. If the mildew on the wall consists of green or red depressions that appear to be beneath the surface of the wall, the priest shall go outside the door of the house and close it up for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to return and inspect the house. If the mildew is spread on the walls, he must order that the contaminated stones be be pulled out and thrown into an unclean place outside the city. And he shall have the inside of the house scraped completely and the plaster that is scraped off dumped into an unclean place outside the city. So different stones must be obtained to replace the contaminated ones as well as additional mortar to replaster the house. If the mildew appears in the house after the stones have been torn out and the house has been scraped and replastered, the priest must come and inspect it. And if the mildew has spread in the house, it is destructive mildew. The house is unclean. It must be torn down with its stones, its timbers, and all its plaster and taken outside the city to an unclean place. Anyone who enters the house during any of the days that it is closed up will be unclean until evening. It wasn't any kind of, you know, sin or crime for people Doing this, they're unclean till evening, means they couldn't participate in the worship they could the next day. And anyone who sleeps in the house or eats in it must wash his clothes. Now, this is a picture of what Christ came and did. Drove them out, comes back, Matthew 23, look, goes in the temple, sees the mildew still there, the corruption is still there, and he declares the house desolate. Do you see? Jesus told his, his disciples in Luke 24, he, he took them to Moses and the prophets, and he said, they speak of me. This passage here is not just talking about a house and cleanliness and health issues. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about him coming, driving the money changers out in the temple, and then coming back days later and seeing they're still there doing their stuff. And he condemns them for it. And he says, your house is left to you desolate. Um, so there that is. Now, there are a number of things, and here's, here's what I want to get at, because some people have been in the chat room this morning, and they've said, well, this isn't Trump's fault. Look, I'm not saying all the dead is Trump's fault. I'm not saying that at all. Hear me what I'm saying. This man promised the U.S. to be out of debt in eight years, and in three and a half, he's put us almost as in much debt as the Obama administration did in eight years. Well, the coronavirus... Okay, stop for just a second. I'm going to take you back just a little bit. 2018. Trump uses anti-constitutional excuse of no choice and national security to sign an omnibus bill. Over 2,000 pages long. He signed it. It was a massive spending bill. By the way, this is the same bill that funded Planned Parenthood, which does 40% of the baby murders in America every year. This funded them the most in their history, according to their own report, and it resulted in the most children being murdered, most American children being murdered in their history. This bill here, dubbed as no choice, national security, got to sign it. Yep. 
Didn't even put up a fight. Do you remember the first one he did? Same thing. And these are a couple of articles that we did. Suzanne did one. I did one. Pretty much gave the Democrats everything they wanted. Nothing that he said he would fight for you for. Guys, this is history. This is real. You can say Trump 2020 all you want and close your, head, close your eyes and bury your head in the sand just like those you say are doing in your country. Or you can see it for what it is. Okay? You can see it for what it is. And what did he do the first year? He said he was going to stand up. Remember? We're going to shut down the government. And they did for what? A week or two? And then what happened? He rolled over, gave them everything they wanted. Uh-huh. Gave them everything they wanted. Didn't fight for you. Didn't veto any of this. Didn't even try to veto it. My point is, I'm trying to make to you is, we're being sold out all day long, and the sad reality is some people have still not woken up to the fact that they're sold out by the very guy that they're supporting, thinking he's fighting for them in opposition to the other people that they're opposed to. See, this is the problem. But when we stick with the law, what do we find out? Now, look, I'm going to go over just a little bit. So if you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, I'm not going to go over long, maybe 10 minutes or so. If you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, you can join us on Facebook or YouTube. Just look up Sons of Liberty, okay? You'll want to see this part. I've played it before, but I think it's important that I play it for those who are still in denial that President Trump has been bought out by the banksters. And the banksters are the guys tied in with the Federal Reserve. And this is why things are being done the way they're being done. I know it sounds radical, but I want you to see the information for yourself. Okay? That's why I'm going to put it out. And again, this is going to come courtesy of Adam Green. I know some guys, the first time I played it, (coughs) they were like, can you get rid of the music? Well, I can't get rid of the music, and I apologize, I apologize for that. <laughs> but the information is that important. And if you don't see this, you can't understand how things are right now. Well, Tim, that's going to be like 30 years ago. Yeah, but when you got billions of dollars tied up in a person, do you think three decades really is going to let that go? They're going to make him an awful. He can't refuse. Right? I need I need little things where I can play little clips like that. That'd be great. That's what's going on. Okay, guys, Red State Talk Radio, if you want to join us, YouTube, um, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Catch us on the other side. We're going to close out the show for today. You guys have a great day. See you tomorrow, Lord willing. Keep keep Lois, Victor's wife, in your prayers as well as uh, Linda's da- uh, Lynn's daughter. I know they would appreciate that. See you on the other side of this, guys. We'll see you 23 hours. Adios. Okay, all right. Now, I want to play this real quickly and make a couple of comments. And um, then what we'll do is is we'll, uh, we'll, we'll close out the show, okay? But this is very important that you see this. If you're a person that, that doesn't believe Donald Trump's paid off, and, 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 and bought, you need to watch and pay attention. It's only about three minutes, what I'm going to give here. You can, I'll put the video up in the archive of the show, but you can, you can see exactly what I'm talking about right here, okay? 
Hang on. The business empire was crumbling. The headline was quite accurate. Welcome to the 90s, Donald. Because it was like he got whacked right in the face. It was amazing. His empire could be at risk of collapse if the New Jersey Casino Commission decides not to approve Trump's bailout plan. By the fall of 1991, all three casinos had filed for bankruptcy. You know, I had a wife who was suing me for $2 billion. I had the banks, I had this, I had that. Back in the 1990s, you owed something like $900 million. Your empire was pretty much... Much more than that. You owed more than that? 975 was personally guaranteed. That was just the small part. That was the harder debt. But I owed many, many billions of dollars. The leverage shifted dramatically over to the banks because it was no longer an issue of a bank and a piece of real estate. It was a bank and Donald Trump's actual survival. Trump owed money all over town to 72 banks in all. Pomerantz represented them as a group. How close was he to going personally bankrupt? Very. Trump makes a point of saying he never went personally bankrupt. But there's a reason why the banks decided to keep Trump whole. We made the decision that he would be worth more alive to us than dead. Dead meaning in bankruptcy. We don't want him to be in bankruptcy. We want him out in the world selling these assets for us. So you wanted him alive because he was a salesman and could best sell his own properties. That's correct. We kept him alive. Bankers look at Trump as a promoter, not as a CEO. At least that's the way I looked at him. And if you talk to other bankers, they, I think they share that opinion. He's a wonderful promoter. He, you know, he's the P.T. Barlandum of the 21st century. Donald Trump may have pulled off his biggest deal to date. Donald Trump had survived. He was too big to fail. The bankers do not want Trump to file the bankruptcy. All right, too big to fail. Now, I, you know, I see the people in the chat room. I see you guys. Uh, I don't know why people don't call in when they're shown the information. They want to just uh, call names. They want to use language in the chat room. Guys, keep your mouth clean, all right? Sometimes kids are on here too, okay? Have a little respect for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Terry, I'm not the one telling you you'll be out of debt and then put you $8 trillion in debt. That would be somebody else. I'm not the one who got bought out by the banksters to the tune of billions of dollars. You heard it with Donald Trump's own mouth. Billions of dollars. You think they just give that away? And the guy said he wasn't even, they didn't even consider him a CEO. He was more of P.T. Barnum. All right? Again, I've given you the standard. The standard is not Tim Brown. 
The standard is not Bradley Dean. The standard is not Donald Trump. It's not anybody in Congress. The standard is the Bible, first and foremost, and it says just weights and measurements. And then I read to you that Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5 of the Constitution says that Congress fixes the standard of weights and measurements. That God hates unjust weights and measures. So let me ask you people in the chat room and people who watch this video, who's the one lying to you? Who's the one who's controlled opposition, real controlled opposition? They're telling you one thing by their by doing something else. It's not me. I, I didn't ask for your vote. I'm not in office. I, and you say, well, it's the Democrats. He has the power of the veto. If he didn't want the debt to go forward and he wanted to bring it into line with constitutional spending, he would veto it and said, you guys own it. You veto it. I'll veto it. And you override me. The Constitution allows them to do that. But he doesn't even put up a fight about it. He doesn't even put up a fight about it. And just like the people in Congress... Donald Trump put his hand on the Bible and swore to uphold the Constitution, didn't he? Except on his end, it's to enforce the law. Well, what law is that? Well, the first law is the Constitution. The first law is the Constitution. And by the way, um, there you go, James. They get bailouts. The banksters do. Why do the banks get Half, you know, half a trillion dollars in bailouts. Why do big businesses get half a trillion dollars in bailouts in the stimulus? Huh? Why was that? Oh, Tim, it was the coronavirus. All right. Guys, keep doing it to your own demise. You're going to get what you deserve unless you repent. More fascism. More unconstitutional spending, Birchman. More socialism. You're going to get it all. It doesn't matter if you go to Trump or you go to Biden. You're going to get it both ways. Just one's going to tell you with a sugar coating of, of conservatism, but you watch the actions. It's the actions that demonstrate what they really are. And this sell-off, this, this land thing that went on the other day, that's not something to be praised either. We touched on that at the end of the show yesterday with land. That's not something to be praised either. You guys, yeah, I know, Vince, Vincere, you have nothing to say, so you laugh. You have no actual refutation. And this is what I see coming from the Trump supporters who come in here. Why do you guys support the guy, but you can't refute any of the evidence that I've given you? Why do you call names? Why do you throw out monikers of BS and this, that, and the other, instead of simply saying, you know what? You're right. This is what's going on. And I can't support that. But you support it, and you're supporting it to your own demise and to the demise of your children, sadly, your posterity. And the Bible and the Constitution says that we're not supposed to do that, but we're supposed to have an inheritance for our posterity. We're supposed to put that up. We owe this debt to a lot of things, Regina. We owe it to a Congress who got in bed with the Federal Reserve. From that has produced all sorts of evils, unconstitutional wars, 
wars we shouldn't have been in in the first place. Um, I would say even questionably some other wars we shouldn't have been in that, that we actually declared war in. It's fun, funded all of that stuff. We've seen a bloated government, even from those who say, we want small government, you know, the GOP, they say they want small government, but you look at their solutions. Their solutions are always expanding government in one way or the other. Usually it's in the form of the police state or the warfare state. When Democrats are in control, there is, is they, say they, want, they say they want small government. Uh, you'll hear them say that. We don't want government, but we want to do everything that's domestic. We want to build up the welfare state. So no matter what, what side you're on, no matter what side you're on in this case, the issue is the standard is the Constitution. And I don't know why this is a... Samantha, this is not a Trump bashing session. This is an education on what the Constitution of the Bible say about debt. It calls it a curse. It says children are a blessing. America's got it backwards. They want debt. And they don't want children. So, yeah, you are, Vince, here. That's why you have no refutation for what I've said. This is why the figures don't lie on the debt. I mean, they just don't lie. The fact of the matter is, we're only looking at what that is. This doesn't even take into account all of the socialism. Let's see. Panacea, uh, debris. Okay, so Vince here says, I support Trump, not because Trump was ever going to be a panacea. He is but a brief reprieve from the literal hell on earth that the Dems will usher in the next time they hold power. Um, <laughs> you might get that during this term, bro. You might get what you think is coming with Democrats in this one. After, after all, in Donald Trump's uh, advertisement of what will happen under Joe Biden's America, all those clips are from what's going on right now in Donald Trump's America. So again, um, that's correct, Aaron. That's That was the thing we were talking about earlier. That's not what this is. Again, you're looking to people who take an oath before you and God and said, I'm going to uphold the Constitution. Here's the question. Has that been done? Don't give me excuses about, well, Obama didn't do it. That's just justifying Obama. You're saying more about what you believe about lawlessness and backing it than you are about upholding the law. All right? You're saying more about lawlessness than you are saying about the law. You're justifying the lawlessness of the first guy because your guy with your political jersey on is doing the same thing. But you complained about the other guy doing it. Do you see what I'm trying to get across to you? I'm not trying to make you my enemy. Those of you who think I'm bashing Trump to beat up on I'm not. I'm simply saying, here's what the guy said, here's what he here's what and then here's what he did. And here's the law. Here's the standard to show us whether or not what he did was right or wrong. Right? I mean, this isn't hard to understand. If Joe Biden was in there, do the same thing with him. I did the same thing with Barack Obama. Did the same thing with Bill Clinton. Did the same thing with George W. Bush. I could go back and do it with his daddy and with Ronald Reagan. The standards of law. Guy says, I'll follow the law, uphold the law. And then he goes in there and doesn't uphold the law. What am I to believe here? Do I keep supporting him in that? Really? 
What do you have to lose? Um, hmm. Well, Lynn, uh, there's lots you can lose. Under this administration, you have had your Second Amendment rights attacked more than even the Obama administration, and that they've actually gotten through. They've actually gotten through. And this administration, you've taken on more debt, and your children have taken on more debt than you are able to pay. You continue to be pushed towards being the tail instead of the head, as Deuteronomy 28 says, because that's part of God's curses on a disobedient people. What do you have to lose? You have your liberty to lose. And you may see it lost a lot sooner than you think. You may see it lost a lot sooner than you think. I don't say this with any joy, folks. I really don't. I've got a wife and ten kids. I don't want to see the nation turned into hell, but that's what God promises for a disobedient people. But when are we going to do what he's commanded us to do? And I'm not talking about those of you who are unbelievers. The Bible's very clear that when God's people, the ones who are called by his name, repent, then he'll heal our land. When are we going to do that? When we do that, I think we'll see God do something that can't be explained by a Tim Brown, a Bradley Dean, a Donald Trump, a person in Congress, or anybody else. We're going to see something done that God does himself. Now, I'm not saying he won't use means to do it through men. But we'll see him do something that can't be explained, and so men have to give glory to God. And that's really what the aim of this is. I'm pointing to the law. Who gave the law? God did. Our creator. You know that? The one who's, who gave us our rights? The Declaration of Independence says? That one. That's the guy I'm talking about. And if, if we don't get that right, then you can put whatever political jersey you want on and whatever smiling face telling you whatever you want. He's the king of Israel, the second coming of God. The chosen one. And you can put all that stuff on and you're still going to be given the bowl of excrement, aren't you? Hmm? And for many of you who listen, you'll gladly eat it because you say, huh, he's got my political jersey on. He says what I like. And instead of doing James 2 and says, show me your faith, what you say you believe by what you do, we say, huh, I like what he says. Sometimes it's lawful, sometimes it's not lawful. Played you the clip where he wanted to alleviate your due process. Take your guns first. Mm-hmm. That was Donnie. Pushed for the red flags. 19 states have those now. They come take your guns without any due process under the Trump administration. And his Justice Department continues to bribe those states to put in place red flag laws. So what do you have to lose? You have to lose your liberties. You have them, You have your liberties to lose, folks. I'm just telling you. But on the issue of money, money is an issue that God looks at too. It's an issue that God looks at too. And he says... I hate unjust weights and measurements. Debt's a curse. And we continue to go down this road.
yeah, Vincere, I'm pretty sure of what's coming. <laughs> Sadly, those believing Q think it's all going to be unicorns and rainbows and money flowing from the skies and peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and when the exact opposite is coming. But this is what happens when people believe a lie. Go back and read first century Jerusalem. Jesus pronounced the curse on them. Don't weep for me. Weep for you and your children. I leave to your house desolate. I quoted that to you. And as he walked out, Matthew 24 isn't about somewhere in our future, folks. It's about first century Jerusalem. And he says, not a stone's going to be left standing on one another. And sure enough, within that generation, by 70 AD, the city of Jerusalem was utterly destroyed. God's promises in Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 16, were fulfilled in the destruction of Jerusalem. God keeps his word. We should learn from that history, folks. We really should learn from that history. All right, you guys have a great day. Um, Catch you guys in the morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time. Till then. See ya.